What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. It is Denise Salcedo, and we are here today for WWE WrestleMania 38 predictions. That is right. We are just a couple of days away, and we got so many matches to go ahead and talk to, talk about all of those here today. But as you guys know, I always have a very special guest on these prediction streams. They just make it so much more fun. And today I have a major guest. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, the legendary Dave Meltzer. What's up, Dave? Not too much. How are you? doing i'm doing good i gotta tell you i am so excited to have you on today's show oh cool cool i'm excited i'm excited to be on the show it's a big week it's a really big week it is and that's the one that's the one thing that i wanted to go ahead and like start off asking you is like you know you've covered every single wrestlemania so like now that we're going into wrestlemania 38 how does this you know how do you feel heading into the show you know a couple days before um i mean it's different because it's two days with a crowd it's bigger than the last two years for sure um i think that overall it's good i don't think it's the biggest by any means actually i think there's many that i would call bigger but i would think i think that the build for the main event has been excellent and the build for um uh, some of the other matches have been very good it feel it, it definitely feels like wrestlemania some years haven't felt like wrestlemania this year does but but like WrestleMania 17 or, you know, one of those legendary shows. No, I don't have that feeling. That's the thing. Like, I've always been curious, you know, because, you know, covering it year after year, I've wondered, like, if you kind of, like, still get the same butterflies or, like, the same feeling heading into the show or if it really just depends on, like, the card and whatnot. It depends on the card because I'm a lot more interested this year than I've been in several years in the past. So it, it totally depends on the card, the build for the main event. I think that the TV has been very focused the last couple of weeks, especially the Monday show. I mean, I watched that Monday show and it was just like, that is a go home show. I mean, it's just, you hit the card, you do the angles for the card. I mean, I know some people complain there wasn't a lot of wrestling, but that's not the week to do a lot of wrestling. That's the week to sell the card. So, um, you know, in that in that sense, I think that they've done a good job. I mean, as far as, you know, wrestling's not at its peak right now, but it's far from its bottom, you know. So, I mean, a lot of people look at the ratings and will go, oh, we're, you know, the ratings are the lowest they've ever been. But that's the nature of television. That's not necessarily, um, you know, a, a reflection. There's other ways to watch and there's other, you know, I mean, ticket sales say a lot. And, um, you know, it's it's. um the sales, like they're not, um, I mean, it's not selling out either show and there's there's decent amount of paper out there and all that, but they're going to have big, big crowds. They're going to have over, over 60, 65,000 people in the building for two nights. Yeah. So, that's you know, and, 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 and maybe more if they paper more at the end, but the, but it's, that's a lot, a lot of people and it is more tickets sold. Of course, you got two shows to do it than they've ever sold for any WrestleMania weekend before. Exactly. So I personally like I cannot wait, but I do want to ask you before we get into all the matches, we have like 15 matches that are announced. So it's a lot. But before we get into that, I do want to ask you, you know, looking back at all of the previous WrestleManias, which WrestleMania for you personally has been like your favorite to cover, uh, you know, as a journalist, but also, you know, watching as a fan. Ooh, that's tough. Um, 2001 stands out a lot to me, but, but I mean, a lot of those ones in the early 2000s, I think that were really, really strong. The early ones, I mean, the, the biggest one from a pop culture standpoint was the first one, even though a lot of people would say it was the third one. The first one was much bigger to the world. The third one was bigger to wrestling fans because the Hogan Andre match, um, the, uh, I think it was the 
fifth one, which was the Hogan Savage, that was real big. You know, that was a real big one. And then the Mike Tyson one, you know, brought it back. It, it went down for a lot of years. And then now we've got the stadium era where it's just this whole week of WrestleMania and a million other shows. It's, um, you know, before the pandemic that sort of started, I don't know, in, in, in um, San Jose was one of the first ones, you know, where they had, they started having a lot of shows piggybacking off it. I mean, even before that, there were shows picking back, piggybacking off it, but after San Jose and then uh, what there was Orlando and Dallas where you just had a million shows. I think Orlando had the most shows, you know, someone told me there were like a hundred shows that week. Um, so, um, you know, and now we're, we're back very similar after two years of pandemic, we're back to pretty much what a WrestleMania is not as many big shows, but certainly many, many, you know, there are many, there still are many good shows, you know, piggybacked around the WrestleMania too. Oh my God, of course. I honestly feel like this week, just seeing all of the events that have been announced, because you have all the GCW collective shows, you have Ring of Honor, you have Impact, you have New Japan. It is kind of insane seeing all the shows that are happening around WrestleMania weekend. Like it's cool because, you know, no matter what type of, you know, what what type of wrestling you want to see, it's kind of out there for you. Like people have different options, but it is kind of insane to see just how many events are actually running. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a night like Friday night with so many big companies. I mean, because you've got New Japan Impact, Ring of the Ring of Honor debut pay per view. You've got um, uh, the SmackDown show. You've got Rampage on television. You've got the Hall of Fame all on the same night. I mean, it's like there have been times where it's very difficult and even impossible to watch all the major shows. But nothing that I can recall has ever been where I'm looking at this going like, ah, man, like I just this shows I just I'm not going to be able to watch. Because then you can't catch up on Saturday because Saturday you've got NXT and WrestleMania. So that's the biggest day in WWE history in the sense of a noon show or 11 a.m. Eastern, I believe, for the um, or, or 1 p.m. Eastern, right? I don't even right. know. Right. Uh, I think it's 12 p.m. local time, central time for the NXT stand and deliver so, show. Yeah. Right. So that'd be 1 p.m. Eastern. And then you come back a couple hours later with, with the first night of WrestleMania. So that's a big night. And then Sunday, of course, you get the second night with the Reigns and Lesnar match, which is the the thing that they built for a year straight, pretty much, you know, certainly the last many months, certainly since like Thanksgiving, it's all steam ahead. And they put those two guys on the pedestal above everyone else, sacrificed everyone in the company for this one match. So, um, you know, it's, it's, they're trying to build it as the biggest match in the history of WrestleMania. It is not, but, no. but, but, but they've, they've pushed it. They pushed it like it is, put it that way. Yeah, I feel like for like a certain uh, a certain like niche like WWE audience or maybe people that are like, my God, like I can't believe this is going to be title for title. But I haven't really like in my like neck of the woods and like my circles of like, you know, people that I, you know, talk to on Twitter and all of that stuff. Nobody is necessarily completely buzzing about the whole, you know, title versus title uh, stipulation added to this main event match. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they've devalued the championships. Although I will say in the last year, they've, they've kind of reversed that, you know, with, with the reigns, long title reign and things like that. I mean, for the top championship, the other championships are still devalued, you know, like the intercontinental clearly, but what does that mean? Nothing, um, you know, putting on ricochet and then beating him three times in a week in a couple of days. Okay. Um, but, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, the title doesn't mean what it used to mean is, is part of it. And the other one is, is that, We've had this thing where we've created one champion a couple of times. I mean, with Jericho, with Randy Orton, and it always reverts back. And everyone knows deep down it's going to revert back. If they had never done that and it never reverted back, I think people would be a lot more, oh, wow, we're going to go back to the era of one champion. 
Um, and they're telling you that they are. And I'm sure for a short period of time, whether it's a week or six months or a year, they will. But we all know that we're going to have two champions sooner, sooner than later. Exactly, exactly. So let's go ahead and get into this. Also, if you guys want to send Super Chats at any point throughout the show, uh, Super Chats guarantee that your comment will get read here on the stream. We do actually have a few already to get into, so I'm going to get into some of those, and then we'll go ahead and jump right into the card. We got our first one here from Cadillac Carson who says, oh my God, it's Dave Meltzer. We are not worthy. <laughs> yeah, um, you are. <laughs> thank you thank you uh justin mclucky sends in a super chat saying denise with the massive guest for wrestlemania predictions the godfather of wrestling journalism very cool hearing dave's insight along with yours looking forward to a great weekend uh thank you so much to justin mclucky for that and uh let's see what else we got here uh this is from chanel uh, channel 100 says uh hot take romo's promos always sound the same oh we'll get to that in just a minute but thank you guys so much for getting us started with a couple of super chats but let's go ahead and jump into the card itself. So we're going to kick things off with Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. So Dave, I want to start off by asking you, what has your impression of Pat McAfee been? Because, um, you know, we've obviously seen him on commentary, but we've also already seen him step into the ring. Has he been like, uh, how have you felt about his performances in the ring? He's been phenomenal for, for the lack of matches. I think he's had two matches, and they were both excellent. Um, he did a, sing, a long singles match with Adam Cole. And, you know, Adam Cole's a great wrestler, and that's and, and that match proved it. But he held up his own in that match for, you know, he's obviously, look, he, he played in the NFL for years and was a star. And, he, you know, even as a punter, he's a star. He was a star player. He's a great athlete, you know, and, uh, you know, but still, he loves wrestling. I mean, he went to wrestling school for years. He, um, I have no worries. You know, like when you have celebrity matches, there's always this idea, oh my God, it could fall apart. And and often it does. But in this one, I have no worries about this match at all. I think the match will be fine. And I think that he'll do some crazy stuff because he wants to do it and he can do it. And as far as Pat McAfee overall, um, you know, I think he's done a great job with the commentary because he's not the typical WWE voice. He's, uh, he does, he's different. He's more excitable. Um, he's a big fan. He follows it, you know, even though he's got a million other sports that he follows, he follows it well enough. So he respects it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the match will be, the match will be as, it will probably be good. I don't know if it will be great. Um, I've never seen Austin theory in a great match yet, but maybe this will be the first one. I got to say, in terms of Austin Theory, I feel like the stuff that I've seen from when, you know, he was in NXT, I didn't think were bad, especially if he was in there with a good opponent. But I feel like the whole story with him and Vince McMahon and the egg and the whole like protege thing, it kind of got like a little bit weird certain weeks. So I do want to ask you, like, what were you surprised that Austin Theory was essentially being like was that he was the one put into this match with Pat McAfee, especially the way that, you know, every single week we kind of didn't really know which direction they were going with Vince McMahon and Austin Theory and what the purpose of those you know uh backstage promos on Raw were all about yeah well I mean this this match changed many many times and uh so that's right why it, it didn't seem to flow because they kept changing I mean the original the original idea was uh you know Vince McMahon you know to do something and, and I don't know if he's even going to come out now you know because it was just like you know, every week I heard like a different version of the idea. And the match was listed as Vince McMahon against Pat McAfee for weeks. Um, whatever happened, because they were going to shoot the angle on the Pat McAfee show. And then it turned into a straight interview. No angle. Even on Raw, they had teased the angle. 
So then they went in another direction with Theory, and it was just basically to get McAfee on the show because McAfee, in theory, he's got his, you know, between his own show and being kind of a mainstream name, it, you know, they like a couple of mainstream names on this show to get out of the box publicity, and that's why he's there. And also for him, he's done a good job with them, and I think that there's kind of a reward that, hey, you're going to get to do a match at WrestleMania. We don't want you wrestling every week or even often because it, it, it kind of takes away from the commentary aspect. But once a year, you can do it. And uh, so I think that's why he's got it. I think he has to win the match. Um, I don't Theory know. Or Pat McAfee? Pat McAfee has to win the match. Yeah, yeah. The announcer shouldn't shouldn't lose this match. Um, you know, and, um, you know, how Vince gets involved or not involved, we'll see. You know, I mean, Vince is going to do what he feels like doing on the day of the show. Exactly. And I got to agree with you. I think I'm going with Pat McAfee as well on this one. And the sole reason for that is when it comes to like all of, you know, the buildup for this match, all the parts that were made interesting was really anytime you had Pat McAfee on the mic. Like, I just really feel that he made the story remotely interesting literally because you know you talk about his like exciting personality and I really feel like that's the one thing that has actually kept me somewhat interested in this whole Austin Theory Pat McAfee storyline and I do kind of feel bad for Austin Theory in a way but it's just like there's still something that I think is kind of missing with him and when you put him up against somebody with like Pat McAfee who has this larger than life personality it just makes me personally want to root more for Pat McAfee. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is, is uh, you know, Theory was a guy who could have not been on the card at all, you know, and, and originally was going to just be in the corner taking the bumps, um, you know, in this match. And, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, he he's somebody because he's young and he's got a good physique and a good look. They've always, you know, I, I even before they signed him and, or, you know, or, or we're, we're in the process of looking at him, you know, I knew people who were like, you know, he's going to be Vince, you know, one of Vince's guys. And it, and, you know, Vince did, you know, Vince, this whole thing. I thought I thought it was very weird the way Vince put him on and made him look like a complete numbskull idiot for weeks under the guise that somehow this is going to get him over. And I don't know that he's that over, but I think that they know people know who he is more than they did before. And I think that um, one of the things is, is this the, the mentality behind this match is he's in a match with a celebrity and therefore he's getting the rub from the celebrity and he's whatever he is, he's still in his early twenties, mid twenties. And, um, he's got a bright future and, you know, they're pretty much right in the sense that for down the line, you know, he's not ready to main event or anything now, but for down the line as the first step on that Ascension, it's a good step to have. You're, you're getting exposure, you know, losing doesn't kill him or anything like that. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so I think as a long-term project, it's good for, for Austin theory, but right now still, you know, the way Vince treated him like such a lackey and everything early, he's, he doesn't come off like a big star right right now either. No, no, especially because it was weird. Like there were some weeks where I'm like, what are they even saying? Put the volume up. You know, what is going on on this segment? Uh, but I feel like, you know, like you said, Austin Theory is going to benefit from being in, you know, getting the spotlight, you know, getting the rub from, you know, Pat McAfee and whatnot. We also have a super chat. This one is from Stellar Justin Lopez, who sends in his own prediction saying, I see all the celebs winning at WrestleMania, honestly. I, I do you think usually I mean usually usually they do that's part of the story is you don't you don't bring the celebrities in to lose um Knoxville's gonna win I would you know I would think um you know um as far as uh you know the yeah I mean most likely um the celebrities win at Wrestlemania you know so yeah 
Exactly. And I also really, I just want to take a second to say that like Bad Bunny's performance last year was probably one of my favorites. I thought he did a really good job at that. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. But he spent months, you know, doing it. You know, some people will spend, you know, a weekend or a week or a couple days, you know, preparing for it. He spent months preparing for it and uh, did it. Yeah. Yeah. He did a really good job. And you can put him in the ring. Like, he, he's better than some of the guys in the match in, in other matches on that show. So, yeah. 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 That's kind of true. That's kind of true. It's just saying a lot. But, you know, it was, it was true, at least for that night. Um, OK, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next match here. And the next match that we're going to talk about was recently just made. And this was Bobby Lashley versus Omaz. Now, here's the thing about this one. They've been building up Omaz. You know, they've been having him, you know, win all of these handicap matches all the time that he spent with AJ Styles. And then, you know, Bobby Lashley, former champion. Uh, where do you think that this is the match to make Omaz and actually have him defeat Bobby Lashley? Or do you think Bobby Lashley will end up, you know, kind of manhandling them throughout this match and end up getting the win here? Well, I don't really talk about the finish on this one for there's reasons for it, but but the deal as far as I didn't think it was the match to make. I mean, my idea and and uh, many people actually have said this in the last two weeks is that uh, they should have done like him and doing an open challenge. Gable Stevenson shows up, slams him, pins him one, two, three, gets Gable Stevenson's career going. It would be a lot more beneficial than this because if Bobby Lashley beats him, yeah, it does set Bobby Lashley up for the Lesnar Roman Reigns winner. And they do need to do that. Um, Omos, I mean, you could have Omos win and also go against Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, but man, that will be tough because we've pretty much seen Omos in a match over about three minutes is, is not good. So when you put him in that, you know, if he was ready to do that championship match because of his size and the fact that they, you know, almost not touched him. Yeah. You know, I could see, beating him and then putting and then going where he finally you know because he's been set up for a year to to build a baby face so but even if it's like he's building bobby lashley you know bobby lashley's almost what i think almost 46 years old um building brock brock's already made you don't need to do that building roman reigns you know roman reigns doesn't need to beat him in a in a crap match when he could work with other people that are better so with Stevenson, you go in there and do that 30-second match, you're building a 21-year-old Olympic gold medalist who's a super athlete. And uh, so I, I find that to be a much better idea than what they're doing. Oh, okay. That's definitely interesting for sure. Uh, I think like my whole like thing about this is that like, I kind of feel bad for Omaz in a way because, you know, watching Raw each and every single week, like, you know, he's supposed to be this big guy, this like monster that goes out and, you know, kills his opponents and whatnot. But I've noticed that every time Omaz goes out there and, you know, he gets the win, there's like no reaction yep. to Omaz. And that's what's killing it for me. Like, I like, even though, you know, you you see Bobby Lashley and Omaz standing next to each other and Bobby Lashley looks so small next to him. And we know that Bobby Lashley is not a small guy whatsoever. But because he isn't, you know, getting over, I, I can't buy like Omaz technically, you know, getting one over on Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They spent a year building him. You know, they had him destroy AJ and, and everybody. They had him destroy the Viking Raiders on on uh monday and the whole idea is you know to get him over like you know andre or the big show or whatever these guys like this monster but he's not over like the big show was and i don't even want to make a comparison to andre because it's just ridiculous um and and and, and he could have been but it's a different era and he also doesn't have the skill set i mean those guys um you know the big show was uh a much much better athlete that's all i could say you know he's not quite as tall but he's a much better athlete um Andre had much more experience 
and also a, probably a better athlete than than Omos and a different era. You know, when you know, then being it was so much about size. So of course, a guy Andre's size, but and Andre was also more freaky looking, you know, and more powerful looking. Omos looks like a, you know, a big strong guy for sure. But we are in an era where people see through size and they want action and they can Love see his more. right. His selling just doesn't work. And him just destroying people, he doesn't do it in an explosive way like Bill Goldberg did to where people really got behind it. It was a project um, probably too soon. Maybe they should have waited like two or three more years of training him before putting him in this position. Um, and it still might not have worked. He's just may not have it. You know, I've seen like there have been other seven foot guys in wrestling that came in with big pushes that just flopped. You know, they just didn't connect. And he's I don't want to say that much because, um, you know, the YouTube views when he went against um, Aziz, those those two shows, you know, with the singles and the handicap match were very big. Um, but generally his YouTube views, they're not at the top. And, and a freak like that, you know, should should be in that high range. And he's not. So there is an intrigue visually of people seeing him against another giant. There's probably going to be some intrigue of seeing him against Bobby Lashley, a big powerhouse like that. But overall, to put him over and then to put him in, in you know, all you can do is put him in bad matches with, with Roman Reigns and Lesnar, and then they have to beat him. So I would just, like I said, to me, I would use that year of building him that, that really didn't work and use it to make somebody new. And new isn't Bobby Lashley and new isn't Brock Lesnar either. Right, exactly. Also, we do got a uh, super chat from Sean Garner. Didn't leave a comment, but I still appreciate it. Thank you so much to Sean Garner for sending that in. So now we're going to go ahead and hop into our next match here. And the next match that we got is the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro defending their titles against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy in a triple threat match. Uh, so, Dave, are you expecting to see RK Bro retain their titles, or do you think that we are going to be seeing new champions? That's an interesting one. The, I mean, I think it's too soon to beat them, and they're far too popular. Of the three acts, they're by far the most over of the three. So in that sense, you go like, uh, they should win, but then you got to go. But WrestleMania is always about, it's not about the moment, it's about where you go from there. And as far as where you go from there, who would be the best champions? To, you know, I, I would almost think that the best feud is uh, Gable and, and Otis, even though, but they've done it so much with RK Bro, unless they throw, you know, put, put a new team together for RK. If they could put a new team together, they could do it. Street Profits and RK Bro, just mm, you can do it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's time for them to win the title. I mean, they could, but I don't, I don't think it's time. And as far as Gable and Otis, um, you know, I'm kind of twisted on that one because part of me thinks that. Orton and Riddle chasing, but man, they've done such a long program. It's almost time for that for, to move on from there. So I think that the, you know, the best thing is probably uh, RK bro winning and making a new team. And that new team isn't Cedric Alexander or in, uh, and Shelton Benjamin or the Mysterios or anything like that. I mean, they've got to, they got to, you know, get a new team together against them, but RK bro, I think so. Everyone does. There's, they're a super act, you know, it, it makes great use of Orton's, um, uh, what's what would I call equity? Um, you know, his just the fact he's a big, big, big star for a long, long time, and it's something new for him because he's he's rarely been a tag team wrestler. And Riddle's just got a lot of charisma, and and, and it and it just helped Riddle immensely as far as being a star. So uh, yeah, I um, I mean, yeah, if it was me, you know, I would go with RKO and try to, you know, maybe even move a team over from 
you know, from SmackDown or something, but, but get new opponents because I think that, um, but I like the, I like the Chad and, uh, and uh, Otis act. I think that they're pretty entertaining and street profits have a nice act too, but I just don't feel they're there. It's, it's their time. Exactly. I feel like if we don't see RK bro retain the titles, I'm expecting it. it like if the titles are going to change hands, I can see it going to the Alpha Academy versus the Straight Profits. But that's one of the things that like the Alpha Academy kind of went from this like position of really being like, you know, nobody really on the roster. Just, you know, you're 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 typical, just like, you know, you're filler guys. Right. But then out of nowhere, I feel like they've really taken the reins and have actually become very entertaining on Raw. Like, you know, their little uh, chemistry with one another gave you know being this like smart you know i don't know what you want to call him like the smart he's kind of a jerk but he, you know like in a lovable it's a, it's way a, it's, a, it's a kurt yeah. angle it's kurt angle takeoff you know yeah exactly he's so, tremendous he's tremendous though he was he was maybe the most completely underutilized guy in that roster for years because he's always he was good in nxt he was great in nxt uh, you know great in the ring worker very good act you know very good face you know all the things that you want other than you know he's not tall you know what? Not everyone's got to be tall, especially when you can throw guys around and he can throw the big guys around. And I don't think they played enough into the Olympic aspect of it. I mean, they talk about it, but they don't really they don't treat him like a guy who went to the Olympics either. They treat him like a comedy guy and he can pull off the comedy, too. But, yeah, I like that. And Otis has a good look, you know, um, and they play off each other well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I as far as keeping the act together, I mean, yeah, as far as for two guys, Otis was kind of going nowhere. Um, when they moved him to Raw and broke him up with Tucker. And uh, then, and Gable had been going nowhere for years. That Shorty G gimmick was horrendous. Yeah, this has definitely been a massive improvement from the Shorty G gimmick. And we actually have a super chat from Stellar Justin Lopez who asked this question. Uh, how long do we get a Montez singles push? Uh, thoughts on this, Dave? It's an interesting question. Um, I like the act together. Um, I do think of the two Montez has more potential as a singles guy. Um, I don't, you know, you could do it now. Um, you, you, it's probably been long enough. Um, but here's the thing only if he's going to be pushed at a pretty high level to break up that team. Cause so many, so many times they'll have a tag team. And one of their things with tag teams is just that they just break them up for the, because they break yeah. up tag teams. Right. And then both guys end up floundering. So unless they have, have an idea, because because Dawkins will have trouble as a single. He'll just be a guy on the roster. Not that, there's, not that he's not good because he is good, but he just will be a guy on the roster. Ford, because of the his incredible high flying and he's a good talker and everything like that. But still, he could wind up being just a guy if they split him up too. And I think that unless they have something for him to be pushed very, very high on the card, they should not split them up right now. And also, given how slim the tag team roster is right now on both brands, uh, I almost feel like if this is, like you said, if this is not going to be like a massive push or at least a decent push for Montez. Gotta be like Gotta really be. If, it's, if, if it's not massive, don't break them up. Um, yeah. Because I think they're a good team and they're a charismatic team. And um, I think that Ford can do it on his own, but he's going to need the help and the push. And if they're just going to say, we're going to break them up because they've been a team for this long and it's time, it's not time for that. You know, the only reason to break them up. Um, and also the thing is, I don't think people want to see them against each other. So I think that it shouldn't be a split up with a feud where one goes heel. Um, and so I don't think people want that one. So I would say that unless they want to get Ford really high on the card as a major single star, um, don't don't break them up now. 
Exactly. And we got a super chat from Chris Reigns who says, really cool to see Dave. I got to meet him on the Jericho cruise and he was the nicest guy. Huge fanboy moment for me. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Roberto Arsenal sends in a super chat saying, my expectations for Mania are low. With that said, uh, do you see any mid-card wrestler having a great match and then get a great reaction um, from the Raw after Mania? I feel like so that happens like sporadically. You yeah, know, yeah. You yeah. get that. Yeah, somebody catches on as in a cult match. Tamina did last year to a, to a degree. Remember, you know, remember? She did. Yeah, and and, she and, did. and it's like it's not like she did anything. It was just one of those things. So like, yeah, they may just might be Sami Zayn. You know, not that you know. I mean, it, it depending on how the people want it. Because obviously, Sami Zayn, from a personality standpoint in this buildup, has done a great, great job. But he's also been a heel. So do the people react to him as a heel, or this is a smart audience going to WrestleMania? Did they just go, "Thank you. We know you're a great wrestler. We know you're better than this." Um, and just, you know, kind of do the Daniel Bryan thing. You know what I mean? Where Daniel Bryan got beaten 17 seconds and his career took off, you know, when when the company certainly didn't think it was going to. So it could be like, look, at when it was Tamina, it could be anyone. It's just who the crowd may get behind. There's a lot of people. And then, you know, if it gets big at Mania, as you know, it will probably be big on Raw and SmackDown over the next week. And most of the time it's dropped from there. But every now and then, uh, you know, guys guys have made big uh you know career improvements off of this too yeah but tamina you know i mean she got it she got a tag title run out of it but you know for the most part you know here we are a year later and she's yeah. kind of in the same spot she was <laughs> yeah now she's engaged but i mean for the yeah. most part like you just never know which is nice to see though like personally like whenever you see somebody kind of have like that moment where they like i don't know, like break out like it's kind of cool to see that happen if um, it's followed up if it's followed yeah. up sometimes it yeah. gets frustrating when the crowd gets behind someone and they're kind of telling you, you know, please, you know, Cesaro, remember with, with Seth Rollins, you know, um, and then it was just like nothing, you know, so. Yeah, well, what happened there, too, is I feel like they kind of overdid the whole, like, replaying of, like, you know, Cesaro doing the swing on Seth Rollins, and it was kind of shoved down our throats. There was this one SmackDown where they showed the clip, like, 10 times, and yeah. they kept really, really pushing it to the point where everybody was like, this was a magical moment that got shoved down our throats way too many times. Yeah, but if they want to push somebody off it, that's their style is to <laughs> shove it down your throat. I mean, that's just what WWE does. If they don't shove it down your throat, it tells you that they're not that they're not going with it. <laughs> so then it's a good thing. It's a good sign for that person. Uh, moving on to our next match here. Let's get into the SmackDown tag team uh, title picture. Uh, we got the Usos defending the titles again. Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Uh, Dave, thoughts on the build for this match here? And how... I, honestly, I want to ask you, too, how you feel about the pairing of Shinsuke and and Rick Boogs. Well, it's good for Rick Boogs because it takes advantage of his, his, his ability to play the guitar. And I don't think he would have gotten over without that. And for Nakamura, he was kind of doing nothing before. You know, he was just kind of a guy floundering. So it's been good for them. Um, as far as the tag team thing goes, it is absolutely time to change the titles. But I don't know that this is the team. As far as the build for this match, you know, it came late because, quite frankly, they didn't finalize the match until um, whatever it was. Like the the they they finalized the match the week before they started the build, which is only a couple of weeks ago. You know, they were just, the Usos were not even involved with with this too much, so it's kind of a late thrown together thing just to give them a match. There were other teams they could have done it with, um, you know, that were that were on the roster that were even talked about. You know, Lotharios and Vikings and all those people, but. Um, um, you know, as far as, yeah, I feel it's time. I think that Nakamura and Boogs winning would be a cool moment, but um, I, I kind of don't think it's going to happen. But I, I think, I don't even know if it should. 
Um, but but I I don't know if the you know I don't think the USO should hold him forever, and it's 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 been so long that it's time to make that switch. I think. Yeah, like, I feel like there's still, you know, they if they want, there's still a lot that they can do, you know, with the Usos as champion, especially with the bloodline and, you know, seeing that as the bigger picture. But I feel like if you want to make, like, a fun little WrestleMania moment, then you give it to Shinsuke and Boogs because, you know, Rick Boogs has honestly been getting over with people. Like, he's the one, like, when I think about what they're trying to do with Omaz and how that's not working, Rick Boogs is actually the one that I feel that, they, you know, they've been doing something similar with him. Like, he goes out there, he shows his power, he shows his strength. And I feel like with that... He's been getting over, like, with the crowd. So I feel like this has been uh, a pro for Rick Boogs, for sure. Oh, the build the last couple of months has been good. I mean, bringing him in with Nakamura, it's, you know, here's the thing. He's different, and you want different. You don't just want, like, everyone to be the same kind of wrestler, wrestling the same style. He does a power style, and it's not even his in-ring that matters. It's the, the guitar player gimmick thing. And yeah. It's, and it gets over, and so, yeah, you know, it, it's, it will... I think that it will hurt him as to, to, to get to the higher level, you know, in that sense that, that this, this act is very much a mid card fun act, but it's not a main event act. Um, now they can tweak him and make him a main event guy, or he may, maybe he'll never be a main event guy. And that's not the end of the world too. I mean, um, there's plenty of guys who can have a really good career, but it's not like, like this thing. Um, it can get stale. It certainly is a long time away from getting stale. But at that point, tweak it. But, you know, yeah, now is nothing. I wouldn't worry about him at all, but I would I would keep him focused. And um, them winning the tag titles will force it to be focused. And will also, the Usos don't really have a big program. So if they lose now, at least they can go on the chase and they, we can get some more stuff in there. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, now I'm pretty much thinking... The right yeah, thing to do is for them. the right thing for to do is for them to win the title. It may not still may not happen though. Yeah, it's funny because as I I was thinking about this too, and I was thinking like, oh, maybe the Usos retain. But as we kept talking about, it, I was like, you know what? I think Shinsuke and Boogs might be a good idea. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it feels like you know spice things up, add a little bit more, and like we said, like Rick Boogs, I think could also be you know on the precipice of you know this could really be the thing that you know starts moving him up those ranks and whatnot, especially because the spots are there to fill right now on SmackDown. Like there's a there's spots for people. You you know, to get off of oh, you know, as far the top as, you've been in. As far as a top babyface spot, I mean, you know, except for Drew McIntyre, I mean, they don't have anyone. In, you know, Roman Reigns will turn at some point and be in that spot. But, but yeah, um, when Ricochet's the number two babyface and they're beating him like a drum, um, <laughs> there's absolutely uh, spots for Nakamura and um, Boogs um, as a single and a tag team. You know, I think they could go. The one thing I don't like with WWE is that if you have a tag team, it's like you're almost always positioned as a tag team and they have to break you up. And I don't think, I think that there's times where guys can be a single as a tag team, like the New Day. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they, there was almost that mentality that, well, if we want to push Big E, we got to get him away from them. And it's like, you know, that's your own thing because I've seen a million examples of tag team champions that that did great as singles champions at the same time or as challenges for singles titles at the same time. And you don't need to break up a fun act to, to give the other guy a singles push. Just give him the push. Exactly. Like they can do both. They can do both. Um, Alrighty, cool. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next match here. And this one is, you know, kind of surprising that we're getting it again. I believe this is now the third time on a pay-per-view, if I'm correct, or second, third, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy. 
Happy Corbin. Uh, Dave, how do you feel in terms of like the fact that we've been uh, getting kind of like the same thing over and over with Drew McIntyre? You know, obviously he was doing this stuff with Madcap Moss. We got that actually twice, excuse me. And then now, you know, with Happy Corbin, do you feel that this is something that should be on the WrestleMania card? Well, you have to have McIntyre on the card and you want him in a position to win. So it, it fits that. As far as a match goes, nah, I'm not excited about the match. It feels just like a match. I'm sure they're going to work hard. McIntyre will have a good match. I'm not worried about that. I'm, I would expect him to win because he has to, because, um, you know, they have to get McIntyre up because, you know, as far as, aside from Roman Reigns and uh, Lesnar, I mean, the only two guys that they have that they kind of have protected move into that main event mix are drew and bobby lashley for the last year um and you know even though drew's been losing all the the house show matches to, to roman reigns of late but that's because of the you know whatever but yeah it's it, it's it you know i see this match is just drew mcintyre gets a big win at wrestlemania to move up and and he's a guy you know it's just like are there better guys that you could put in there or fresher guys yeah he was just the guy picked because i think they see him as easy heat because he's easy for people to dislike I also like I feel kind of the, the thing with Drew McIntyre is, you know, he was champion at this, like you know, period in time where, you know, we were affected by COVID and, you know, we had the Thunderdome and all of that. And I really do feel like ever since, you know, he lost the title, it's just he's been going down in the ranks. And I'm like, this is not a guy that I want to see go down those ranks because he really is somebody that if, you know, you want to build a good story, he's definitely somebody that could be inserted into that picture. So it's kind of been uh, it's been a bummer, you know, kind of seen him you know feud with Jinder Mahal and then from there go into these storylines that nobody cares about like it, it's been a bummer for me especially like as a Drew McIntyre fan especially as a fan of you know what he was doing as champion I I, I really kind of feel like it's a little bit of a bummer well here's the deal I mean the, the whole thing is is I think they see him as as at, at a high level but this year was all about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar so everybody else is kind of like just gonna, <laughs> gonna be down and I think Drew's role was to just win, 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 win all the way through until this Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar thing runs its course. And so at that point, um, you know, you go and and Drew's ready just with a bunch of wins. So, yeah, you have to kind of lay low to an extent. They don't have as many what I would call, you know, um, Jinder was kind of weak in that role, but also everybody knew that, you know, he was just a guy to lose. And Corbin's the same way. Corbin's the guy who can just lose, you know, I – if, if um, and also the other thing too is is with Drew's neck, I mean it, he ended up recovering a lot better because you know originally when they did that neck injury thing, um, the first thought was he would get back on TV uh, maybe some weeks and get him into a WrestleMania match, which would have been with McIntyre. I mean that was the idea, but I guess he healed quickly because you know no surgery, which was obviously a positive, and and you know because the original plan was no house shows and very limited TV matches, you know TV appearances but not matches and take it easy in those matches and, and he hasn't taken it easy and he's done all the house shows and then long matches with Roman Reigns at the house shows. So obviously he's feeling a lot better so he can, you know, he's, I don't know if he's healed, but he's ready enough. Exactly. All right. So now this is the next match that I think everybody can't wait uh, to talk about and get your thoughts on, etc. Uh, you definitely know where I'm going with this one. And this is Seth Rollins facing a mystery opponent of Mr. McMahon's choosing on uh, WrestleMania Saturday. So obviously, you know, the big uh, everybody's expecting Cody Rhodes here. Uh, Dave, how do you feel about 
the uh, the buildup to this? And how do you th- what do you think is the best way for them to actually make sense of it being Cody Rhodes and like the way that they're going to play this all out? I don't think they're ever going to address making sense. It's just going to be Cody Rhodes showing up. And this was the decision that they made. They wanted to keep it a secret and he gets the reaction. I think no one knows what that re- the, the most interesting thing is going to be the reaction. I mean, does he get booed? Does he get cheered? I think the reaction will be big either way. And, um, you know, and then what happens? Does Seth get cheered greatly in the match and Cody wins and then becomes a heel? Um, does, you know, or, or do they just cheer Cody because he's coming back? He needs to win, though. Um, you know, even though, you know, I mean, I'm not sure that he will. I think he will, but he needs to win. <laughs> you know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't win, it's the wrong move to make it this time. And just to play devil's advocate, just to be the what if person, what if it wasn't Cody Rhodes? What if they did like this massive, you know, just swerve and it wasn't Cody Rhodes? What would you think the reaction to that would be? Depends on who it is. It better be somebody good because um, the people, well, you know, it's, you know, it's everyone expects it and they kind of have to deliver it i suppose i mean if it's not him it's his choosing it's not theirs they believe it's him Uh, they believe that's the guy um if for whatever reason he backs out because he's going to back out um you know i I don't expect that to happen but i mean i know people close to him who do so what the hell um we'll have to see how it plays out and we do have we do have a super chat this one is from king of games 405 who says do you think they bring shane out first against seth to tease the crowd and then to bring out cody what are the chances of that happening it's an idea i don't think that that will happen um you know i was told that there are no creative plans that no creative plans have been discussed for shane mcmahon since january um of course you know vince can change that at the last minute um I mean, the story of Shane being there, well, of course he's going to be there. There's a Hall of Fame ceremony. I don't think that that's, I think that that story has been overplayed. I don't sense from, from people in the company um, that there's any other plan for Shane on the, you know, as far as creative goes, but you know, I mean, even the, the highest up people, you know, Vince keeps secrets from everybody. So I, I don't expect it, but um, as far as him being in that spot, well, you know, you know, originally the, the WrestleMania match was, was Seth Rollins against, um, you know, uh, Shane McMahon. That was the direction that they were going. And Seth Rollins was going to be the champion at the time, which is why people were freaking out over that match. At that time, this was before, you know, the deal was made with Cody. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting. That's an interesting idea. We do have another super chat. This one is from Beard Grower. Thank you so much to Beard Grower for sending that in. Uh, we got a uh, super chat from Tremaine Paraman who says, it's awesome that Dave is here. Uh, Denise has arrived. Thank you so much to Tremaine for that. Um, we have another super chat. This one was in regards to the uh, to the tag team match from Stellar Justin Lopez who says, Usos versus the hit row would have been perfect here. Still don't know how and why they gave up on that act. Well, it was certainly early and it was... Um... You know, AJ Francis made some, you know, enemies and the whole act ended up getting dispatched at the same time because of it. But uh, I mean, I I don't know because I I thought Hit Row was a good act, but you have to see how it was going to play out over the course of weeks. Um, But could it have been? I mean, oh, yeah, it could have been, but it didn't happen. Exactly. And then we have a super chat from Alex Ollie, uh, who says for Dave, what was the twist and turn at the chamber? Um, I don't think I understand this one. I'm sorry, Dave, if you understand this uh, question. I think that the, I think that the idea was that, um, 
you know, that things would change at the chamber and they did, you know, Lesnar won the championship. Got it. I got it. Thank you so much to Alex for sending that in. Lashley didn't retain. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So before we move on to the next portion of the matches that we're going to go ahead and talk about, uh, Dave, we have the big F4W convention taking place in Las Vegas this May. So I'm going to use this opportunity to promote the show because you can now officially get your tickets for a meet and greet with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez as part of the AEW Double or Nothing weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, this year, F4W is offering ticket packages that include a AEW event tickets for three shows during the week, Dynamite, Rampage, and Double or Nothing pay-per-view. There's also going to be the Q&A and meet and greet, which will be taking place at the Silver Nugget Casino. The meet and greet portion will start at 10 a.m. and the Q&A will follow at 11 a.m. There are also just a few spots left in the luxury box with Dave for Double or Nothing. Uh, Plus, there's going to be plenty more of cool events, which you can see here on the screen. But if you want to make sure you get all of the proper info, If you want to get all the prices and ticket information, you can get all of that info on F4WOnline.com slash Vegas info. And you can get tickets at F4WOnline.com slash Vegas. Dave, uh, if you want to go ahead and add anything in regards to the F4W convention? Oh, I just can't wait to meet everyone. It's always fun. I've been doing these things since, uh, I think, 2008. Um, not, not, Not everyone, but almost all of them. And uh, this is kind of a combination of two things because it used to just be a convention and it used to actually be wrapped around the UFC events in Las Vegas. And now it's wrapped around the AW event. So everybody always has fun at these things. And uh, the, the Q and a session will be really good. People always ask good questions and um, yeah, you've got any questions and, and I'm pretty good at long answers to the questions. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to like back off on any of these questions or anything like that. I love it. I got to attend my first one, you know, in Chicago last year, and it was so much fun just to kind of see, you know, everybody get lined up, ask for their questions. It was a good time. So I can only time. imagine it's going to be a great time, you know, in Las Vegas, especially, you know, fun right. City. There's, there's so much to do. There's so much to do there. And there's a lot of shows. And, you know, look, the AEW pay-per-view um, probably be a phenomenal show because they're they've got they've had three amazing shows in a row. And this roster, you know, as far as the top talent on the roster, it's an it's it's an incredible roster. Exactly. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and continue on. We got a couple more matches to get into, so let's get into this next one here. Uh, the next one is uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Uh, thoughts on this one, Dave? Uh, who do you see coming out victorious in this? I don't know that it really matters. I think that the feud's going to continue because um, Sheamus and Ridge Holland have to be kept strong to a degree until Big E comes back because... In theory, they should be doing Big E and, and Ridge Holland. I mean, I don't know that they will, but they should just based on the unfortunate things that happened. Um, I think that there's a big pop to be had for Big E to show up. Um, you know, not do I don't I hope he doesn't do anything physical. And if he's, you know, maybe a punch or something. But but I just think him him, if he can walk down there, that's a giant pop and people will go crazy. And maybe that's the reason that this match is on the show. Because it was just a match thrown together as far as who wins. Um you know, you could have the New Day win and give a happy thing or, you, you know, I mean, it could go either way. It's not, um, you know, um, I mean, the winner, you, you know, in, in in another era, I would say the winner would be then the one to go against the Usos and uh, Nakamura and Boog's winner. But I don't think that that's I think that these teams have to kind of stay locked together um, unless it's going to be depending on how long it is for Big E. If it's going to be like three months for Big E, they should stay together. If it's going to be like nine months or 10 months for Big E, 
um, then yeah, then they can go in different directions because ten months it'll it'll burn out and and then bring them back when Biggie comes. Yeah, and you know, obviously, you know, I know that he's not requiring surgery or anything like that, but I think it would be like pretty nice to see him at WrestleMania, even if it's just like a you know coming out and ringside and being there and whatnot. Um, it is interesting too. Uh, you know, I gotta say, and and Dave, maybe you can shine more light on this. When Ridge Holland got moved up from NXT to the main roster. I really thought that he was going to be this guy who got this like big push considering the way that he looks. I was very surprised that he sort of kind of just been there, you know, teaming with Sheamus and all of that. But I was kind of expecting a little bit of a bigger push for Ridge Holland. I don't see it in him. I may, maybe later. I mean, yeah, he's got a thick physique, but today that's not enough. I mean, I don't see him as a great personality. I don't see him as a great talker. Uh, as a wrestler, he's okay. Um, I see what they see in him, but I don't see top guy in him right now. I think that they're, you're, you know, maybe grooming him. I mean, you know, he's, you know, obviously he was a real, you know, real athlete in a real sport, but that doesn't necessarily make you transition well into pro wrestling. And, um, and great, you know, great physique, you know, for, for their standards. They like big, big dudes, you know. But um, I haven't seen it in him. I mean, it's, it's like, I, you know, there are guys that you see it in them and you go like, why didn't, you know, why aren't they pushing him more? I see that all the time with him. I don't see it. I don't see top guy in him. I don't see the charisma. Got it. Got it. Uh, next up, here we go. Uh, our next match that we have is uh, the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, we have Queen Zelina and Carmella defending the titles against Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Uh, Dave, this is an interesting one, I think, just because, you know, we've been, uh, we, cut, we have two teams that, you know, just became a team, Sasha Banks and Naomi, uh, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. I really like how uh, their parents have added so much to the women's tag team division in terms of a title switch do you think that it should happen at the show especially to maybe uh help solidify a little bit more one of these you know newly found tag teams yes because when in doubt at wrestlemania on a minor championship when you don't have super strong champions that that on their own don't need to you know shouldn't lose the title you change the title and in this case, I would, if I, if it's me, I'm going to go with uh, Ripley and Morgan just because they've had Morgan on this chase for a long time. They never intended to ever pay off the singles title. Um, that was never in the plans, but it's sort of, it sort of gives her the, like that sort of like something, you know, after the chase, because people got behind her and Rhea Ripley, honestly, you know, is, has been underutilized for the last year. So I would go with them as, as the winners. Um, and uh, we'll see, but it, you know, anyone can win and, and it's, you know, that, you know, I don't know, the, the Zelina and Carmella, as far as they're just a team that was put together, you know, I don't see them as like this great, wonderful, um, and they really haven't, like, it's not like a Bailey Sasha Banks team where we're, it's like, okay, these are real champions or something like that. Um, it's just kind of like people who have belts until the next people have belts. Right. And here, so I know you went with Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and I love them as a tag team, but I'm actually going to go with Sasha Banks and Naomi because I feel like Naomi has been that person that, you know, a lot of people have been rooting for her to really get up and go and to get into that next level. And Sasha Banks, I feel like she's too big of a star to be in this WrestleMania match, you know, like she should be that person that's on a bigger, uh, bigger scale of a match. So for me, I'm like, I need to see Sasha Banks and Naomi become champions here at WrestleMania. Well, the one thing with that is, is that I believe that um, obviously um, 
the winner of Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey uh, needs an opponent, and and Sasha Banks is clearly that opponent. So that's why I think that they probably won't win the titles. Um, that's because I just see it as like, where do you go next for the SmackDown Women's Division? And and Sasha Banks is clearly that person where, that right. should take the winner. All right. And we actually have a super chat. This one is from Brandon Dodd, uh, but we kind of pretty much already talked about this, but he throws in, uh, you know, Cody Goldberg, Taker Michaels for other options for Rollins' opponent. Um, but I think we're pretty much, you know, for the most part, at least set on Cody. Yeah. Good. If it was Goldberg, they'd have promoted it. Um, Taker, obviously he's done. He's really done. He's committed to being done. And uh, yeah. So Sean, Sean, I, I don't think Sean's going to wrestle again. I don't think he had a great experience in his last match. Man, it's, it's, it's sad, but, you know, it's evolution of life and, you know, things like that happen. Um, Alrighty, so here we go. Next up, we got our next match, and this is the Mysterios, Ray, and Dominic against The Miz and Logan Paul. Uh, Dave, I got to start off by being honest here. This has been probably my uh, least favorite storyline to follow on SmackDown. It's kind of been driving me a little bit nuts. I haven't been too big of a fan of it. Um. I'm kind of just, you know, interested in seeing Logan Paul and seeing how he's going to do. But other than that, I'm kind of really disconnected from this one. Uh, how do you feel about the build and your thoughts on Logan Paul, part, you know, having his official in-ring debut? For a match with Logan Paul, I think Rey Mysterio is a great guy for him to be in the ring with. Um, and Dominic is a guy who, if they need to beat, they can always beat Dominic, you know. I mean, they can always beat Rey, too. It's not like they protect Rey, but... But um, but Ray's a fantastic worker, and he's a guy who can get people into a match. Uh, Logan Paul is is a heel. I mean, the, the the build and everything for for this has been so much about you know Miz and Logan Paul, you know, teasing not being on the same page. So I could see something, you know, when I watch it, you know, my my gut reaction, everything is that uh, Miz and Logan Paul split up, and Logan Paul goes babyface. Except people aren't going to cheer Logan Paul. We've seen that they've tried to make Logan Paul babyface over and over again. People just don't want to like him um, because that's the real world. And he's a real world person that people don't like. Um, so, so fighting that saying, well, wrestling's, a, you know, they, they tried that. Remember when they tried that with Floyd originally? Yeah. You know, they wanted yeah. Floyd, Floyd to be the big baby face against the big show. And it's like, at that time, people hated Floyd and they could have Floyd do anything. And they wanted the people hated Floyd, you know, coming off the Oscar De La Hoya fight. So I see this as, I mean, not the same, but it's there's there's similarity, I guess. You know, yeah, like he's, he's I feel like disliked for different reasons, I think. And it just yeah. hasn't been sticking, I think. And I don't know how much of a crossover there's been with the Logan Paul fans actually coming in to see his WWE stuff. Like, I don't know what the crossover has been. Um, As far as TV ratings go, I mean, that Monday was big, but it was big for Roman Reigns. I mean, when I look at the quarter hours, um, I don't see like these big jumps for Logan Paul. No. So, um, you know, here's the thing. When you do a lot of celebrities and they've been doing a lot of celebrities, the impact of the celebrities goes way, way down. Celebrities are something that you should do sparingly. And, and they do. They don't do it every month, but they've done it. You know, the, the Johnny Knoxville was already in the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, they're doing it more. This could be. You know, I, I could see the Miz and, and Logan Paul splitting up and, and the Mysterios winning and then, you know, that direction. Um, or if Logan Paul's not going to be around, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't see Logan Paul taking the pin, though. But, no. you know, um, that's what Miz is there probably there for. 
Exactly, exactly. Well, we'll see how it turns out. I do agree that, you know, if you're going to have, you know, have him be in there with somebody, you know, Rey Mysterio is definitely uh, one of the best people to be in there with. So now uh, this next match here, I got to tell you, I, even though it, it, it's it been hit or miss every single, every other week, right? Like there's been some weeks where I've been a little bit more interested in it, but because Sami Zayn is so good at his job, I got to tell you, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville, there's a part of me that's looking forward to seeing what I feel like it's going to be a train wreck, but it's the train wreck that I kind of want to see. Um, Sami Zayn will make it entertaining. I think we know that. And and I think there's going to be interest. I don't think it will be a great pro wrestling match or anything like that. No. But um, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a celebrity match. I hope they don't go too long because I don't know. I mean, Johnny Knoxville is not a young man. And his body's beaten up and, and all that. And, and there's even questions given his other health issues that, you know, how they even cleared him, you know, is, is a question, but, but they did. Um, and yeah, I, um, but I'm sure that there's things, you know, they got to stay away from his head for sure. Um, so, you know, they're going to be limited in what they can do. Maybe there'll be other guys running around to kind of distract and things like that. Other jackass guys to be at ringside. I don't know, but um, I think Sami Zayn will make it entertaining. So that's all it can be. And and Johnny Knoxville pretty much has to win in some in some way, shape, or form at the end. Yeah, 100% Johnny Knoxville for the win. And I am expecting Sami Zayn to really go out there and, you know, do whatever he can. Because, I, you know, I've been liking, you know, that they did the little band, the little uh, blimp flying around with his phone number, the the Sami Zayn forever t-shirt, the red carpet little collision that they did. All of those little uh, touches, I think, have added to this story and what they've been doing. Uh, but now, next up, let's go ahead and jump into, uh, you know, what many people consider a dream match here between Edge and AJ Styles. Um, I'm very much much looking forward to the in-ring work of this match but the build towards this match has kind of gotten me uh, I've been a little bit out of it just because I haven't really been connecting with uh, with Edge to be honest this new version of this angry Edge that we've been getting I haven't necessarily been connecting with it too much but because uh, but I'm expecting good in-ring work which is why I'm looking forward to this match uh, how about you Dave I, I mean on paper it's the best match on the show and it, and it, they will get time I think, and they're great. They're they're both great. I think you know, even even at their you know their ages. Not that AJ's you know, I mean AJ's mid forties, Edge's later forties. But um, I expect I you know for one match and everything like that. And Edge is kind of a, a genius when it comes to putting matches together. And AJ's you know really AJ is one of the best wrestlers of the last twenty five years, or, or I mean maybe even ever. I mean he's been, he's fantastic. So yeah, I think the match will be will be maybe the best match of the two nights on paper, the best match of the two nights. And um, as far as who wins, you know, again, this is one where it, it where where I don't know where they're going next, and I think that the winner should be determined by okay, is AJ going to be pushed up for a championship as a sing, big singles run or something like that? If he is, then he should win. If AJ's going nowhere and it's just he's you know whatever, then protect Edge. Um, I mean, like the as far as the the win, it can go either way. Obviously, for the crowd, you know, it's WrestleMania. Probably you're going to favor AJ in that sense as being the just the big because he's the babyface. But um, you know, as far as the the match itself, um, yeah, I expect it to be a long match. Um, I expect it to be a, a great technical wrestling match, and the only thing is if somehow for some reason the crowd doesn't respond 
the length of the match could work against it. Like I think happened with edge and Orton that one year where they just on paper go, that's edge and Orton. They can go forever in this no holds barred thing. And they took a risk and I thought it was atrocious, but um, you know, and they made up for it in their next match because their next match was great. But um, I think that, you know, they're probably going to do a wrestling match. And I, um, I think that, uh, you know, that it will probably be, it'll, it, 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 it's going to be great. Um, and, and it is the match I'm most looking forward to also. And here's the thing. I'm going to go with AJ Styles for this one because the idea of there not being something next in line for AJ Styles is not something that I'm a big fan of. So I want to see AJ Styles pick up the win, especially because I feel like we haven't really seen, you know, AJ hasn't been, you know, in these like high profile spots. I feel like, you know, he wasted so much time with Amaz. Uh, You know, it's just for me, I feel like we need like right now that we have AJ Styles and that he's here and that he's active. I want to see him at the very top, you know, having all of these, you know, a great matches with the very best competitors that he possibly can have. So for me, I want to see AJ definitely pick up this win. Yeah. Um, he hasn't had a chance in a long time. And um, for, for that reason, I would like to see him get that chance too, because it's almost like it's new, you know, putting AJ in there with the top singles guys and having him do those type of matches. And, and he can definitely do them. Sometimes, you know, they go in there and go, well, you know, he's given his age and that he's not like a big guy like Lashley and Brock Lesnar, that it's like, it's his time to make other people, but, um, but, but edge doesn't, you know, edge, edge is the same way. Edge doesn't, you know, edge doesn't need to win um, either. And so, you know, again, whoever is in the next big program of these two uh, should be the one who wins. And um, you know, and, and if they're both at the same level, then you go with the baby face. So that's AJ. Right. All right. We got four more matches to talk about, or rather three more matches and a segment. But before we do that, uh, just a friendly reminder to those of you who are new on this channel, please, if you haven't already, make sure to click that subscribe button. This channel is run entirely by me. So it really mean a whole lot to me if you guys click that subscribe button. I'm constantly bringing lots of wrestling content to you, interviews, etc. I will be at WrestleMania in Dallas this weekend, and I will be providing lots of interviews. So make sure you guys click that subscribe button. But now let's go ahead and jump into uh, what's been kind of promoted very interestingly. And this is Kevin Owens uh, doing the KO show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dave, I got to ask you on this one. I feel that the they've been kind of, you know, they, they've promoted this as a KO show, right? But they've been sort of towing the line where there was a moment where they were kind of not really committing to calling this a talk show segment. They kind of mentioned that, hey, this may be a match. They've been really mentioning the fact that we haven't seen Austin in 19 years, which we have, obviously, but they've kind of been, you know, teasing it very differently, almost like if they're not really too sure that's all we're going to get this talk show segment. Uh, so what are your thoughts on, you know, basically how they've been building this up? Well, the original idea was a match and Austin was thinking, you know, Austin's got a lot of pride. You have to understand how he is. Um, in those years since 2003, he's probably had, a million offers, whether it's Saudi Arabia or, or Qatar or, you know, um, Japan, you know, for big, big money to do matches. And he's turned them down for a lot of different reasons that he's talked about. You know, one of them was that retiring was so hard for him. He didn't want to go through that again. Um, so maybe in his mind, the idea of doing a match is not something he wanted to commit to. But as far as doing something, it's it's a big show and there's more money for him to make now than at any time in his career. You know, for, for a guy who who did make a lot of money when he was in wrestling, but still the money now is so much bigger. Like, you know, 
you know, he, I, I would suspect he's making well into seven figures for this appearance. So it's kind of like, ah, you know, he can make it for one appearance and, you know, how many more years do you want to do? You know, Steve is, uh, is 57 years old. So you're pushing it. Um, I think that maybe that's, I don't think he wants to go in there and, and do so much to where it exposes that he doesn't look good. So he knows what he can do. He's going to do what he can do. Uh, he didn't want to build as a match, but we're going to get a fight. He's training hard. Like if he wasn't, if he was just there to talk and do a stunner, he would not be training this hard. And um, I know one of my friends just saw him and said, the guy's in phenomenal shape. Another of my friends um, kind of knows he's been doing a lot of cardio, <laughs> kind of been around seeing him doing the cardio. So I know that uh, I know he's trained very, very hard. And so that means he's going to do something physical. I'm thinking like this talk show thing, maybe it's like three, five, seven minute type thing, but it's going to be all action and fun. I think if it was a match, maybe, you know, he's thinking, ah, oh, 20 minutes, you know, I don't know. Um, I think if he, my belief is if he could, if he, if he wanted, if he thought he could do a great wrestling match, uh, he would say, I'll do the match. He wants to do a great segment. So it's going to be a, a big brawl. And I'm sure Kevin's great. And Kevin will make sure you know, Steve looks good and sell for him and, and, and all that. And Steve knows what he can do. Um, so I think that it's going to have more heat than pretty much anything on either night. And, and it, it's, you know, they've gone back and forth on what closes night, night one, but I'll tell you what my pick is. It better be this because I pity whoever has to follow it if they don't close it. Cause this is going to be the Steve Austin thing. And the brawl is going to be the hottest thing on, on either night. Um, just because i I feel the crowd will be so into it. But you don't think it'd be weird closing out the show with like technically a talk show segment instead of a match? Because that's kind of how I felt about it. Like, I feel like the crowd would kind of be like, like, yeah, you're going to have this huge reaction for Austin when he comes out and, you know, when he does the beer thing and, you know, all the greatest hits. But do you kind of feel like it'll leave you with like, okay, like we didn't actually get like a match to close out the show. Like that feeling of like, hmm, well, you know. Well, that's why they go back and forth because the logic, the, 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 um, you know, I mean, they've gone back and forth between this and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. I mean, Ronda uh, yesterday um, did the interview, you know, and she said she's in the main event. And I was going like, wait a minute. They announced Kevin, Kevin, and that's Kevin's thing on Monday was scripted. Okay. So that's the script that he's in the main event. Cause like last week I had heard, um, but I, you know, I'd heard it's going back and forth. It's going back and forth. When I finished the issue, the last word I heard was it's still Rhonda and uh, Charlotte Flair in the main event, but you know, it can change. And then this week I heard it's still going back and forth. Um, but then when Rhonda said that, I'm thinking like they didn't tell Rhonda yet and they got miscommunication or maybe they switched again, you know, and again, so I don't think we'll, you know, we're not going to know until the day of the show anyway, but um I would I would feel real bad for Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair trying to follow them. I mean, if if that's not the case, Austin should go in the middle of the show because if he goes next to last and they got to follow, um, I feel real sorry for them, no matter what. What if they were to start off the show like that with Austin? They, they, well, they could they could do that. They could do that, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I would I wouldn't start the show off with that. Um, I think it's too big of a deal to to start. So, um, but yeah, um, I mean, I would end it with it. I mean, I know the weirdness of it, and I know that's why they go back and forth, because if you're going for who's going to get the biggest pop, what is the climax, what is the big ticket seller on this show, it's it's Austin and Owens. That is the main event. That, well, no matter where they put it on the show, that is the real main event on this day one. 
Exactly. All right. So here we go. Now, I know that this is, you know, Austin's like the big thing that everybody wants to see. And I can't wait to see Austin. But when it comes to the match that I'm most looking forward to, uh, the one I'm most looking forward to is the Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch defending her title against Bianca Belair. Uh, I love the story between these girls. And I feel like this last past seg- this past segment on Raw where she's cutting off her hair and all of this, I think it was the best uh, piece of action that they've done for any of the matches here for this WrestleMania season in terms of kind of really getting the crowd hot for this match. And I feel like because you know you're gonna you're expecting this good match, there's the whole thing that happened at SummerSlam that people want to see Bianca Belair, you know, get her revenge. But I'm really looking forward to this match. And I'm I'm I don't know if we're gonna see a brand new Raw Women's Champion. Part of me wants to see Bianca get her moment, but part of me also does like the chase. So I'm a little bit torn on what is gonna go down here. Uh Dave, thoughts on this one. I think that Bianca should win. I don't have any I mean, I hundred percent I think Bianca should win. Um I know next year the idea is Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. So you could go, well, what about that? And I, my feeling is, is that they have a year for Becky Lynch to win some championship. You know, they could go on the other brand. There's a million different ways you can do it. Um, but this is Bianca Belair's match to win. Uh, they're going to have a good match. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very confident that they're going to have a really good match. So um, a lot of talk of this opening the show and it's a great opener for the show. You know, it gets the show off on, um, which is another reason why I think that, that she should, well, I mean, I think she should win no matter what, but, um, yeah, I think that, um, um, you know, I think it's going to be a great presentation all around. I think that, uh, um, you know, Bianca, I think they can tell a really good story, build stuff around the hair. Becky should get some scissors, go after Bianca's hair again. Thought that was a really strong angle. But but the hair has to play into the story um, because they start. that's what they started on Raw. Yeah, they got to kind of stick to that as well. I think so, too. And I think a lot of people were wondering if they were going to do like a hair versus title type of thing. Uh, so I don't know if that they haven't announced anything. But yeah, they got to incorporate well, it, hair. If they do that, um, and they should... There's SummerSlam match. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Now, here's the thing. Like, I know a lot of us, you know, the the rumor of them going back and forth with, you know, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold, and if not, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. And I get because, you know, Ronda Rousey is the big star, I you know, closing out the show with her. But I honestly, you know, I got to say that I would have actually preferred, like, if it wasn't going to be, you know, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens as the main event, I would have actually kind of preferred to see Bianca and Becky as the main event. Uh, personally, just because I haven't really been interested in the Charlotte Flair-Ronda Rousey story. I don't really feel like this story has felt hot enough to me. Like there's no really, there's no heat for it. Uh, You know, they did that bra on SmackDown, which I very much liked. But other than that, there wasn't anything. And by bra, it was the backstage attack where she threw her on, where Charlotte threw Ronda on the car. That was it. Other than that, I kind of feel like there's been nothing around this feud that has made me say, you know what? This is your WrestleMania main event. Yeah. um, I don't think it's had the best build either. you know um i am it's just there's on paper setting it up it all made sense you know they haven't done them in a singles match and then you do becky lynch next year it you know for two two years of ronda main events uh ronda's further the further ronda is from her ufc career the less of a major celebrity she is her coming back i mean the people pop for her now and they don't boo her anymore um you know at some point maybe they will again because it took a while the first time um, but 
I don't, yeah, you know, I mean, I've seen it like when I'm looking at like some of the stats I've seen, it, it started off pretty hot. Um, the early angles, as far as, you know, people were viewing them a lot. Um, the last couple of the last week or two, it's been a little lukewarm. So I think you're right. I think that it, I think it peaked early and I think doing too much, maybe um, exposed Rhonda to a degree. And, um, and I'm also, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, Rhonda was so good considering her experience level on her first run. Um, and this one, we really haven't, you know, she hasn't done a lot to where we really can judge, but they did do like one in-ring brawl and it was uh, rough. So I'm like, you know, as far as like, you know, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair or Ronda and Charlotte, I mean, I think Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair will be the better match, but you know, it's, it's unproven. Maybe they'll say it's WrestleMania and they'll, they'll connect, you know, I mean, Charlotte's hit and miss um, Ronda, Ronda can be hit and miss too, but um, you know, um, I mean, Ronda's very good for her level of, excellent for her level of experience, but she's been out for a long time. And on this one, I mean, she hasn't even had a big match. I mean, the Rumble was just very, was relatively quick. And um, she's done some house show matches, but um, nothing on TV that's been, you know, testing her to do a wrestling match, let alone a, a main event wrestling match. Right, exactly. So for me, it's the whole thing of I just don't necessarily feel as engaged with this story as, you know, as I do the Bianca Becky one. So that's why for me, I was kind of, you know, I, I wasn't like I wasn't surprised that they weren't considering it for the main event. It was because, you know, I obviously understand the star power of Ronda Rousey. But just, you know, I just think that in terms of like, for me, like I would always say with like whatever your hottest feud is or like the hottest story, like that should be your main event. And so for me, it's Becky Bianca. Yeah, but for WrestleMania, the one thing is, is that um, they WrestleMania is like you try to cast a wide net to all the people who usually don't watch, who may watch once, and to those people, Ronda Rousey's the biggest star, you know, of of all the women by far. Oh of yeah, the people, of the people who watch wrestling, Becky Lynch is the biggest star. But since this is that one time, that one show a year where they count on people who are not following wrestling to watch. The idea of Ronda Rousey, you know, whatever she's doing on Ron SmackDown, a lot of people probably aren't even paying attention. They're going to watch the show. And it's just like, wow, it's Ronda Rousey. So um, that's what they're hoping for. I mean, in the building, it's different because in the building, it's the people who are watching this show in the building and the people who are watching on Peacock are the most different of audiences possible in theory, because you're trying to get the widest a group of audience on Peacock, but this audience that's there live, that's the biggest fans in the world all congregating. So the person who is the most over in the building and the person who has the most interest outside of the building are probably completely different, especially when it comes to comparing those two women's matches. Right. Oh, yeah, I could totally see that, too, because like if I were to tell my mom, like, hey, mom, like which of these girls do you know? She knows Nikki Bella and she knows Ronda Rousey. And that's probably about it. You know, that's the extent. Well, Ronda's by far the most well-known of, yeah. of any of the uh, WWE women. I mean, and it's not, you know, in the real world and that's not even close. Yeah. 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 Uh, we got a super chat from Stellar Justin Lopez who says, I think they jumped the gun with the hair. They could have done a hair versus hair ad WrestleMania backlash next month. That's too soon, and that's not the show. If you're going to do the hair match with those two, like I said, it should be SummerSlam, it should be at a stadium, um, built much longer. Um, but the problem with the hair versus hair, somebody's got to get their head shaved. And I don't know, and it should be Becky, if because Becky should lose that match. I don't know if Becky being bald 
is in her best interest or their best interest. Um, hair versus title, um, where Becky puts up her hair against Belair's title down the line, and then Becky wins after Becky has lost at WrestleMania. That makes sense to me because then you're not shaving anyone's head, but you can use the hair to drive up interest. Yeah. And we actually have a super chat. This one is from In Your Head Changed Man who says, uh, does Cody own the rights of his AEW theme? Could he use it in WWE? I am told he does. And the answer is yes. And I'm also told that it has been a subject that has been discussed, but I don't know the answer because there's people who think he absolutely should. And there's people who think that that uh, is too AEW-ish. And they, you know, they don't want, you know, you know what I mean? The problem is, is for Cody to be viewed the best he needs to be AEW Cody because AEW Cody is a much bigger star than WWE Cody so, so do you think he should use the theme song do I think so yes yeah absolutely okay. yeah interesting okay yeah because I was I I didn't even realize that he didn't that he owned it so I'm like okay like that's very interesting to me um all right here we go last match that we're gonna go ahead and talk about and it is obviously the title versus title uh we got your WWE champion Brock Lesnar versus your universal champion Roman Roman Reigns in a winner take all championship unification match uh so Dave we kind of touched on this one a little bit right when we kind of got started here uh but what do you think about how they've sort of been it's kind of been a maze I would say with the way that they got Brock Lesnar you know from winning the rumble and going into the chamber and now he's in a title versus title I feel like they did a lot of unnecessary things to get to this point um what has been your thoughts on the build to this and also do you really think that we needed this title versus title for it to actually uh you know feel a little extra for this Wrestlemania we didn't need it I think the idea, so so originally it wasn't going to be title versus title, and everything changed when Roman got the COVID, um, and they had to change the January first. The entire show had to be changed at the last minute. So every like all the plans, whatever they were, were changed completely, and then they went to a new direction. And like I said, even after that show, the title versus title was something that they weren't going to do because they thought that they needed a men's title match on both nights, and then. As the discussions went on, um, Lesnar was the one who really pitched for title versus title. And then they started with, let's just make it the biggest match possible. And, um, you know, Ronda Rousey can headline the other show. And we got Steve Austin, you know, especially when they got Steve Austin. It's like, okay, well, we get Steve Austin on the other show. So we, what, that you know, that's bigger than a men's Raw title match with Seth Rollins. And this is before Cody maybe had been in the picture. Or maybe it was even with Cody or you know, maybe it would have been, you know, um, they'd already destroyed Big E by this point. So it wasn't going to be him. Um, and, you know, Bobby hadn't been hurt yet. So maybe it would have been Bobby. But whatever it was going to be, I think that as the, the, you do more and more thought, it's like, we don't really need it on the first night. Uh, let's make this match the biggest match possible. And so we'll put both belts on the line. And they are. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, they didn't need to. I think circumstances worked out with the Lashley injury, with Cody Rhodes getting in the picture, with all these other things, with Steve Austin agreeing to do the show. I think it just worked out that that's how it ended up. And do you think that we're, uh, I, I feel like my prediction for this one here is that Reigns walks out with both championships. I still don't want to see Reigns lose. So for me, I'm going with Roman Reigns on this one. Well, the happy ending thing would say Brock Lesnar. Um, the business thing would say Brock is not going to be doing a full schedule. Roman Reigns is. 
uh, the next year at WrestleMania idea of Rock versus Roman Reigns would tell you that Roman Reigns should win. So those are your different ways of, I mean, they, you know, there's different ways of looking at it. Um, and, uh, you know, and Rock and Roman Reigns is not locked. It's just the idea. So, um, yeah, you know, you can you can go either way with it. I don't I don't think either way is wrong. Brock winning will be a great climax to the show, and um, they can you know eventually they're going to have a champion on whatever brand. I don't even know what brand Brock's going to be on, or maybe he'll who knows how many and how many shows he's going to do. Um, but um, Roman winning is is certainly viable. The thing is, Roman Roman already beat him. And Brock hasn't beaten Roman on this run, which is another reason why I would go, hey, you know, maybe it's time for Lesnar to win. And again, even if you're doing Roman and Rock, it's like you can always get Roman. You got a year to get Roman back rolling. And one loss isn't going to hurt him anyway. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different things they can do, you know, and then and Roman, they could start, you know, they did the Roman. See, I thought that the, the Roman and Heyman and Lesnar thing would climax here. And they already climaxed it with, the idea of um you know the turn and then going back they've already done that i thought that was all for wrestlemania so they did that stuff ahead of time so that was kind of um surprising to me so it's kind of like well maybe paul turns and goes back with brock and it's like now after you've already done the, the exact same thing just a couple of months ago or just recently like that doesn't make sense anymore so um yeah i mean you know, it's almost one of those things where, you know, Brock hasn't beat him, so it's time for Brock to win. But, you know, like the flip side is, is that he's not a full-timer. And if you're only going to have one belt, I really think it should be on the full-timer. So, because you're almost telling people the belt doesn't mean anything if you put it on a on a part-timer who's not even on every pay-per-view show. So, um, yeah. Um, but but short-term, you know, as far as Brock winning short-term, um, and if the idea is to build for another match, because this match is so big, if you're going to build for another match, Brock has to win. And then Roman can win it later. Um, yeah. and maybe that maybe that's the idea too. If this is it, um, you know, if, if if Roman beats him again, I don't feel like a big rematch is is there. So, I guess if I'm going to predict, I'm going to predict Brock. And see, I'm going for Roman. And my whole thing is like keeping him strong. I feel like he needs it more than Brock Lesnar does. On top of that, I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I really do want to see a Roman and Rock at WrestleMania but in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah but but they yeah. could they don't they don't need to do any finish this year to, to for, for that year and that for that. Yeah. And we're not gonna know if that's gonna happen until November, December, because Dwayne's got a million things going on. You know, he's got the XFL. He yeah. he just may be too busy, you know, and not just the XFL, he's got movies and a million other things, and you know, he's he's going to have to get in super shape to do it. Um, I think this is the one match that he would consider it. I don't think he would wrestle anybody else at this stage of his life, but um, because it's Los Angeles and because it's his cousin um, and the idea of, I, I believe that he would want that last match of his career putting over his cousin. I think that it, in his mind to end his wrestling career, that's what he would want, but wrestling is not the most important thing in his life anymore. And then things may get in the way of that. Awesome. So we're almost about to wrap up the show. We got some final super chats, which I'm going to go ahead and read. Uh, we got one from Juan Ortiz who says, for the title versus title match, I kind of feel like Brock Lesnar is going to win due to how Brock is advertised for WrestleMania Backlash and Money in the Bank, though that could change since it's WWE. Uh, Dave, do you want to add to this? Well, that is another good reason because Brock should not be. Um, and, you know, Money in the Bank is a big, big show with the stadium. Um 
So, but you know, um, so who does Brock face next? Is it, is it Bobby Lashley? Is it Drew McIntyre? You know, Drew McIntyre did beat him at WrestleMania quick. So they do have that match to go back to also. So they maybe got that history. Yeah. So maybe that's uh, one of the things that they, maybe that's one of the things that they go to. Um, but um, Brock is not going to be on those shows in a throwaway role. So maybe that, you know, as far as you saying like those two things, is that kind of a hint? It very well could be. Yeah. And we got a super chat from Kevin McKinnon, who says, just became a subscriber. Thank you, Kevin. He also says, do you think Austin will take a stunner or Kevin Owens will take a beating? A uh, great show, guys. Uh, I can't imagine the, uh, Austin taking the stunner from Kevin Owens. Um, I don't expect it. It will not be the end. If he takes a stunner, he's getting up. But Austin is definitely going to give Kevin Owens a stunner. I For mean, sure. At the end, that is going to be the end, is, is Austin giving Kevin Owens a stunner and pouring beer all over him. I mean, Kevin basically gave it away in the promo. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like if you're going to bring in Austin, like, that's what you got to see, too. Like, that's what the people want to see, you know? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to Kevin for sending in that super chat. So we are all cut up. Uh, actually, wait, we got one more, and this will be the last uh, the last super chat that I'll read for today. Uh, this one is from uh, D-Clan uh, Malloy, excuse me, who says, do either of you think there's a chance for the Owens-Austin segments uh, sets up a match for night two? Mania ending with a promo just for a stunner feels meh. So maybe... I don't I don't think I think that's going to be I think that mania ending with um, him pouring beer over uh, Kevin Owens would be an incredible climax to the show. Um, I mean, is it possible? I mean, I've heard that I've heard that floating around. Yeah, we'll definitely. Uh, oh, I think we got Dave's frozen for a second, guys. Uh, we'll wait for him to unfreeze for a second. Uh, I think that, yeah, when it comes to the. Uh, to the main event, it is going to be interesting to see how they close it off if they do decide to have Kevin Owens and Stone Cold close that off. And sorry, guys, we lost Dave for a second. I think he's frozen. So we're just going to wait for him to come back for a second. Uh, I do want to take a second while we wait for Dave to come back. Um, if you do, if you haven't yet, if you're new to this channel, please make sure you guys go ahead and click that subscribe button. Uh, please subscribe this channel. Oh, there we go. Dave is back. Thank goodness. Hey. <laughs> I was like, oh no, we froze him like right at the like the the ending. Um, but Dave, uh, I do want to say thank you so much for coming on and seriously doing the show with me. It was honestly a blast and an honor to have you on my channel here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime. Anytime. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go, uh, please feel free to plug in anything you'd like to plug in. Any final thoughts that you wanted to go ahead and share? Yeah, just uh, WrestlingObserver.com. I do my podcast with Brian Alvarez and Garrett Gonzalez every week. And Denise is on the channel. Denise is on the site. And uh, we got the convention. We can meet everyone at the convention. Um, got the newsletter detailed i work so hard on that newsletter you have no idea but it's got all the news wrestling mma and um you know all over the world you know if you are into learning about new wrestling it's the place to go because i always cover i try to be uh ahead of the curve i try to be talking about like this issue we're going to be talking a lot about 2023 and 2024 as a you know a lot on a lot on next week but a lot on the future as well you know where things are going because that's kind of Terry Funk told me 40 years ago, always think five years in the future or else uh, if you think about today, it's going to pass you by. And uh, I'm very, I've seen too many people get passed by and I'm not going to be one of those guys.
I love that. I love that. Dave, thank you so much. Uh, guys, all of the links to that are in the description box below. You guys can check out the newsletter, go to the website, etc. Follow Dave. All of that is in the description box below. But I want to thank you guys so much for watching. Please do not forget to give this video a like. Subscribe to this channel. You can follow me at underscore Denise Salcedo. But until next time, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Dave Meltzer, and we'll see you guys later. Goodbye, everybody.